Welcome to the Cameron Insight Podcast. I'm Adam Cameron. I'm joined by Judith Wilson, the Director of Eventit Exhibitions and Event-Based Magazine. Hello, Judith. Nice to have you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me along. How have you been? Not too bad, yeah. given the circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so for those who don't already know you, what is Eventit and Event-Based Magazine? Eventit is the Scottish trade show for the MICE industry, Meetings, Incentives, Conference and Exhibitions. And it's now in its fifth year. We set that up alongside our sister company, Eventspace, which is a newsletter and yearbook magazine, which is editorial-led. And it's basically an opportunity. It gives a platform for news for the industry, keeps people updated. And it also has a supplier directory, so it's an opportunity for people to go to one source to find out about what's happening uh, within the industry, both in Scotland and uh, broader across the UK. And the two are very kind of neatly intertwined yeah, as well. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Okay, so let me take you back to March. Um, it's early March, events are cancelling left, right and centre. Uh, the events industry has felt the real brunt of the pandemic and probably closed sooner than, than most, um, most other industries. Now, events are actually being cancelled as people are on their way to delivering them, or as being one of those kind of suppliers in that instance. Your event was one of those events, Event It 2020. So, so what was that like? How was, how was that for you? It was very, very weird. It was a very difficult time for all of us. Our, we were in a very strange situation because, as you say, all the events were being cancelled yeah. left, right and centre. And what that meant for us was the fact that a lot of event professionals were now becoming free when they had been very busy mm -hmm. and not being able to attend event it. They were now signing up to attend from across the whole of the UK. So you were getting excited with this kind of so last we minute So we were actually spike. getting more and more people yeah. getting on board. And so it was, it was very strange. We even had mm -hmm. exhibitors uh, signing up just two weeks before for the same reasons. Um, but at the time of, so we were preparing for the, the show to go ahead. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we were keeping an eye out on exactly what was happening, what was, what was going on both globally and UK-wide and, and all the rest of it. I think to be fair, you know, when you look back now, none of us knew anything like mm -hmm. the extent of, of what this was going to be. And we were trying to, to look at it in, on, on all sides mm -hmm. and to see whether it was safe to go ahead, whether it was the right thing to go ahead. We were trying to get information from every possible source. Um, and it was only really very close to the time that mm -hmm. it, it became apparent that this was not going to be the right thing to do. And we cancelled the... The week before. Yeah. So how do you prepare for cancelling an event like that um, in, the, in the lead up? Because obviously you know a couple of months before it's coming and no one really knows the impact of the scale of what's coming. People are planning for maybe a month, three months, possibly up to six months of kind of limited events or no events and then kind of it would start to kind of creep back in after the summer. Others were maybe preparing for 2020 to be a kind of complete wipeout or I guess depending on how quickly others could pivot on to hybrid and digital. Um, we'd been kind of looking at things from our perspective that maybe it was going to be a minimum six months and potentially the end of summer 2021 before things were going to go back to kind of, kind of a new normal. So how are you, so say you're in, in February, how are you planning for this? Because you, you don't know what's coming. Well, we certainly, we thought we would be in a position to run the show at yeah. one stage. We genuinely did. Um, it, it, to be fair, almost immediately that we postponed yeah. it, it seemed inconceivable that it would have gone ahead. Actually, I remember speaking to you a couple of weeks before and you seemed really confident. I know you're, you're an optimistic person, I thought. Yeah, but we were at the yeah. time and, and all the information that was coming out seemed fine. Yeah, yeah, I see you know, and, you know, it, now looking back, it almost looks irresponsible, but we were looking into all the, mm -hmm. the right information and we were putting into place a lot, as were the EICC, mm -hmm. putting into place a lot of measures with regards to hygiene and to, to yeah. checking, you know, all the things that were, were coming out at that time. We were looking at them and, and certainly putting everything into place. Um, but 
We then looked at, for us, we, I suppose, like everyone at the time, and as we still are, had looked mm -hmm. at hopefully that things would start coming back in the early autumn. Yeah. So we postponed to September, which is where it's sitting at the moment for the 25th of September. And I don't think any of us were, were aware of, of how long this would go. I mean, we had our awards that were supposed to take place at the mm -hmm. beginning of June. Now, that was always a little bit unsure, mm -hmm. but even when, when we went into lockdown, it's like, would we be out of this by, by June? We yeah. really didn't know. Um, and, but very quickly, we realized that wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in the same way that we got in touch with all our exhibitors very, very quickly to, yeah. to let them know what was happening and all our speakers. And again, most people, you know, from some of the very big suppliers and, and hotel chains were hoping that they would be closed for a few months maximum. Yeah. This yeah, is so hard. It's and there's, there's just, just near impossible to plan mm -hmm. for that because then mm -hmm. you don't know what, what the government legislation, legislation is going to be. And again, it's, yeah, we, we are contacting clients all the way and having them contact us and they're saying, well, we don't know, can we push it back a month? And we're mm -hmm. obviously trying to be kind of safe and recommend, well, you know, maybe just give it three months or even just yeah. like, what about maybe consider next year? And, and originally a lot of people were just going to go, well, cancel, we'll put it in 2021. It's definitely going to happen then, exactly same as it was, da da da, da. Mm -hmm. 500 people in a ballroom, what can possibly go wrong with that in a year's time? Because whereas, and obviously now, the idea of that, being conceivable even yeah. in a year's time is, is, is looking fairly limited as well. So, so event has been cancelled, sorry, postponed um, in, in March and you've got this time frame where you've, you've set as kind of end of September where you're looking to kind of uh, continue um, with it. So what, what's your biggest challenge at that point? So what, what, what are the considerations going through, going through your mind and of your team at that point, I guess, until now? So the initial... Concern, like everyone was, will we survive through it? Yeah. Will we, will we be one of the ones that comes out the other side? Um, how long will this go on for? Mm -hmm. um, and your biggest thing is, is your team. Um, and we've been lucky. We have benefited from furlough and from um, a, one of the grants that came out. So that has that put us into a position where it was less of panic. Yeah. that we were going to be, you know, closing doors because like most people in our industry, we weren't sitting on large reserves of cash mm. uh, when we went into this. And so once we'd got over that, we then very quickly started to look at, well, what's, what is it going to look like? And I think as a team, we did feel very soon that it was not going to come back as mm -hmm. it was and that if event it was to take place in September yeah. that we had to look at a different format we mm -hmm. had to start being creative we had to we didn't know what it would look like yeah. we didn't know what the government we still don't know mm -hmm. what government might put forward um, we've got a more of an idea than we did two months ago yeah. but even then, we thought we have to come up with some form of format, some design for the event that can be can change in in line with mm -hmm. what's what's going on. Yeah, I mean, and that it wasn't going to be what was in previous times where people pop along, yeah. up to eight nine hundred people pop along at some point through the day to go and see, you know, yeah. fifty to 100 exhibitors and go into, what was it? We had something like 35 learning sessions through yeah. the day. We knew we just couldn't leave. We couldn't do that. That was just going to, to be just not going to work anymore. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Even if you wanted to do that, who's going to want to go to that? Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's the next People's thing. concern, the, the health of, and safety for yeah. everyone, they just know that if, if we were to say, look, mm. we've been told we can open the doors, we can have, you know, even if we sort of said, well, we can have 500 people and you can just come yeah. along as you would have done in March, we know that's... It's just not going to no, it, it can't work. I mean, how, how confident are you it's going it's to happen? We, I'm a positive person. Yes. <laughs> we are really, we're really hopeful it mm -hmm. will. I mean, we feel very, we feel very prepared 
yeah. for it going ahead. Um, now, obviously, we are we know nothing more than anybody else. We are waiting to get um, yeah. the go ahead for business events to take mm -hmm. take place, as is everybody. Yeah. Um, our industry is so critical to to the the economy in Scotland in globally, but in Scotland it's worth so five billion. So it's kind of like we really do need to yeah. get this up and running. And we know for, for us, we feel that Eventic could be that kickstart for our industry. And so we feel very confident that we're in a place to take it forward. Yeah. Um, but we are waiting for yeah. it. So, uh, so assuming that, 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 that you get the nod and you can go ahead, there's a degree of confidence that you can you can, can make things work. So, so walk, us, walk us through the event. So give, give us an overview of the actual the actual event, the, the, the day itself. And then if I'm an attendee turning up to the event, what, 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 what am I looking for? What am I, what am I gonna see there? How, do, how, how am I gonna feel safe? Attending this event and not only just attending it and feeling safe, what am I getting from it? Do you know what I mean? So, like, mm -hmm. so from, from top to bottom, so just effectively just walk us through, through the day. So what we have now, first and foremost, it's become a hybrid event. Mm -hmm. So there will be a face-to-face -face element of it. There will be the virtual side of it. Yeah. So it does mean that people who either feel unsafe coming out at all um, or are unable to attend because they're coming from a distance, mm -hmm. there will be the virtual side to it, which will happen post the event. It will yeah. happen all on the same day. Um, with regards to the actual face-to-face -face side, Perhaps the easiest way of describing it is it's now going to be a little bit like a safari dinner meets um, speed dating. So... <laughs> sounds interesting. <laughs> but it's going to be very educational. It's, I mean, that's, that's kind of being slightly flip. But it's, what we now have is the space that we are using. We already had a lot of space in the ICC yeah. in March. We now have a vast percentage of the building yeah. um, at our disposal for the, the show. Yeah, and, f and for the numbers you, you've been talking about as well, that's a huge space. Oh, that's a huge space a huge because, space. I mean, even going on the original numbers of, say, about 850 people, mm. the amount of space we have now, in fact, just to put them in the Lennox suite, yeah. was going to be yeah. a big space for them. Now we are probably looking at half those numbers of delegates on the day. We have a lot more space within the EICC to spread this around. Mm -hmm. And we are also working and have space within the Sheraton, the Waldorf Astoria, and the Kimpton. So people will move. This is where the sort safari yeah, yeah. bit goes. So people will move around all the different areas. And we are basically going to subdivide everybody into small groups. So depending on the numbers, you know, at the moment we're looking at probably a maximum of 60 in a group. Yeah. That might change. That might go down, might go up. It, but, you know, that's what we're looking at at the moment. Um, and by that, it will be a worked in the fact that it will almost be like sort of separate events. Yeah. So the way the registration works, you can't just kind of join a different group. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be able to get in. So there will be different registration points so that there will be no point where everyone is all kind of trying to get into the building one yeah. side or other. They'll all be in very small, manageable groups. And these are, are, these, these are timed groups? So, so they, they are timed. One? Basically, what will happen is people will be given effectively a learning journey. Mm -hmm. So you will be nice. given a, 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 a time scale. Most of these will be all day. You know, it's quite a long yeah. trip. Um, but within that, people will get uh, a number of different education sessions mm -hmm. across all sorts of different topics, but ones that are relevant to where we are at the moment. Uh, they will have an opportunity to go and see all the exhibitors at different yeah. points through the day. And they will get some entertainment. They will get an opportunity to network. And 
they will just have a chance to sort of see there will be some downtime as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it just gives them that opportunity of, we've all been thrown into a world that we don't understand anymore. Mm -hmm. Event professionals, particularly those of us who've been in the industry for a long time, most of us would have been able to tell you what venues, key venues are around, what key suppliers there are, yeah. what type of events they can do. Now we haven't a clue. The, there's a, an element of, has everyone made it through to the other side? So by having evented, it, it, it's a way of kickstarting the industry. It's a way of everyone knowing who's still around, who's still able to, to do things and what can they do. Yeah. And from, so from the point of view of, of venues, it's what are they doing to make people feel safe? What, are they, what have they changed? What's going to look new within their venue? And then what are their capacities? For some of the other suppliers, it's how else can they help? Now, that might be from the case of yourselves, it's kind of the type of tech support they can do mm -hmm. to help move some of these events to hybrid. Most people had never really heard of hybrid until a few months ago. I think ago. a lot of people that even heard and of it still don't really understand no. like, th the mechanics of how it would look. No. How would, how would actually kind of look? And again, that's a process that we're currently going through. Just now, is trying to set up venues or, or help the venues set up in a way that's kind of safe and to help them display that to the outside world. So it's very easy to say, oh, we now be, this space that they used to have 450 people could fit in it. We can now only fit 150 or 125 yeah. or 225 or whatever it is, which is fine to say, but how does that look? Yes. Because obviously, the, the main concern with lots of um, event organizers is. You want as many people to get involved in this event as possible. Mm -hmm. You want to try and draw in as much sponsorship as you can as possible, give these people that exposure. Um, and when numbers go down, um, it's, it's a very difficult thing to kind of say in your mind, well, how, how can I make this a, a profitable event? But I think that the thing with the, the hybrid is the fact that actually what you're then doing is mm -hmm. you are combining that virtual with the face-to-face. -face. Yeah. What we've had over the last three months four months, however long we've been in this, is we were propelled into that virtual world. Yeah. So a lot of us, myself included, uh, suddenly had to come to terms with all these different virtual platforms in order mm -hmm. to speak to anybody. And I would have, uh, I admit, you know, prior to, to this, I would have avoided it as much as I could. I much prefer that face-to-face -face, uh, interaction. But it was a godsend and it's been brilliant. Yeah. And but, but before then it was a, it was a kind of geographical necessity more than, it than was, anything else. It was, but what we also have to remember is there is a huge number of the, the population who that is the, the space they feel most comfortable in. Mm -hmm. So we were propelled into their world. We normally propel them into our world. So we normally make a lot of these people who are not happy being in big spaces, they're not happy being in crowded areas, having to go out in order to be able to get what we get, mm -hmm. they have to come out of their comfort zone. We were propelled into their world for four months. And I think by doing hybrid, what you're doing is you're actually enabling them mm -hmm. in a way to, uh, that they've not had before of bringing them into the event space. In, and it's much more, more comfortable. They've got so much to offer and quite often we've, we've not, dis, not dismissed them, but it's just kind of like they've not got involved. They've not got involved in a lot of the discussions because they prefer not to be in those big busy spaces. So hybrid events will also enable people like that to have much more of an impact mm -hmm. on the discussions for whatever sector it is. Um, it also means, as you say, it's less travel for people. They can, you know, where you might not have had either the money or the time to jet off to an event in America or even in Europe or whatever else. You can now make a decision as to which ones you might decide to go to from in a personal yeah. point of view and which that you might sort of dip into virtually. But I really feel that after four months of being in the virtual world, apart from for those who prefer it, mm -hmm. those of us who are people, people <laughs> and extroverts and like being out there, we realize very quickly that actually this will probably be more a rebirth of the face-to-face -face element, 
even mm -hmm. if it is in smaller numbers, because we're desperate to get out and see people. Even coming here, it's so exciting yeah. just to come and see people in person. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of it. Um, and I think you and I have discussed this many, many occasions anyway, but that they kind of, the, uh, the, the information and data is out there to, kind of, to support the fact that face-to-face -face is fundamentally what everyone really wants to do, and that, that, that's where you, you get your real benefit from mm -hmm. certain things. Now, there are, if you're, if you're going to um, like a talk or a lecture or things like that as well, there's, there's definitely elements where, um, yeah, you can just, you can tune in digitally and, it's, and that's fine. You can still take the information that's been kind of passed across. Um, but the, the value of lots of these things is when you go and go to these lots of these conferences and, um, and exhibitions is that when, it's when you come out and then you congregate and then you say to the person next to you, you're going to go, how did you feel about that thing? And then they'll go, da-da-da. And then you can, who are you? What do you do? And it's just that, that's the networking aspect of that, which is uh, I, I, so valuable. And the one thing I always felt with coming back to live events or, or I guess, hybrid events, um, at least um, in, in, in the short term, is that um, everyone's got a pretty easy icebreaker, whereas before that's always been a bit of an issue. Um, with certain people kind of thing, I suppose, but um, yeah, you, you, we're all we're all in the same thing together. It's how you get on yes. with this thing. Um, but yeah, I guess that can lead me into what I was going to ask you. My next question was going to be: I mean, beyond twenty twenty one, so with, with your live, your hybrid, and your digital events. I mean, what 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 do you see? I mean, as an event organizer, what do you see as the the real focus? Where's it, where's it going to be? Where's the attention going to be in that respect? I think. I, don't, I genuinely don't think we're going back to those massive gatherings. Um, I, not for, certainly for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see that huge, you know, 5,000 people within a conference center. Yeah. Maybe we will. Maybe the very big conference centers, some of the ones globally, um, that can take a lot more than 5,000. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that people will take from, from what's happened. One of them, from a sustainability point of view, mm -hmm. will people just jump on a plane uh, to go anywhere at any time, just at the drop of a hat? I don't think they will. I think people will think of it for a variety of reasons. Some initially might be health, some it might be purely and simply because there aren't the, the routes, mm -hmm. um, and that'll be in the short term. But in the long term, I think people will think about it from a sustainability point of view as to how that works. And it may be that we end up with hubs for an event where people, there, there will be something, a slightly more local live event for people around the globe that kind of hones into yeah, one central, a, yeah, a central point. And that's where I do feel that these um, hybrids work very well. Um, I do think there is a need to, as you say, that there's elements that you just can't recreate at the moment mm -hmm. with digital. I think even things like now seeing a discussion, even like the two of us having a discussion like this, it is much, there's more energy between mm -hmm. us being in the same physical space yeah. as if we were doing this over a virtual platform mm -hmm. you and I just talking over a screen and I think by having that element of live for any event yeah. um, then it gives that energy even for people who are watching it uh, digitally yeah but what I do think is people need to look at the format of their event much more now because um, you I don't think you can just take a live event and Drop it into the same Just space. Just drop yeah. it into the same space because it's almost like the virtual becomes the cheap seats. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to, to, to start at the beginning. You have to decide that your event is going to be hybrid and you have to design it accordingly. Things like the sessions being slightly shorter, there being more yeah. interaction between people, that whatever that, the way of engaging the people who are going to be watching it virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, to give them some sort of energy from the live yeah. event. Now, whether that is live streaming things that are yeah. going on in the live space, whether it is doing something at a later point. There is a need, I think, to work for the tech people, to work with the event planners mm -hmm. and delegates 
to come up with whatever it is that's going to help us to, yeah. to network because, as you say, as yet there is not anything that really can um, take over from that no. meeting someone um, in the coffee or, or the person that you're sitting next to in the, in the uh, lecture theatre or whatever. We can't, we can't recreate that. But I do think there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, the virtual, the other side of the virtual that I think we have to be, particularly as I say from us as event organizers, is we have to educate our clients as well in the idea that virtual's cheaper, mm -hmm. it's easier, it's not. It's, there's so much more involved. It's, I, personally, I would say it's easier doing a live event. The virtual side, we've seen it. Goodness me, we've seen it in how many webinars or, or conference calls or whatever else mm -hmm. have we all had over the last four months where it's gone wrong. Someone's you know, Wi-Fi is cut out. The sound's not right. It's, there's all sorts of things. And people were very forgiving particularly initially yeah. but as we move forward people are not going to be they're going to expect a really good polished production i think so that, that it kind of leads back into the um the same the same thing of, of content being king now that's obviously kind of what our background is and what we do um and our techs and digital guys will all, all say the same thing mean, they've always said the same thing from the, from, from the start which is basically the best content possible works better. I mean, if you rock up somebody with a um, a pen drive and go, oh yeah, I've just made a couple of changes to the presentation. That's it's from a Mac. What have you got? And you're like, the thing, and that's like three hours before the show starts. And you go, can you just make it a wee bit? But I, but even going but even going further back from that, when people, I find this quite hilarious that you know everyone's now, you know, the, one of the buzz words is that you know content is king now, and you're thinking, well, content should always have been king. I, I don't know why that should have changed. I think it's that's where we probably but did become lazy. It's, it's, where, it's, where, it's where the emphasis is. If you're, if you're live, then there's other things that surround you. you, you people that can they, they can make up the difference, or I guess perceive. But I think I mean from 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 us to initially when I would talk initially about content yeah. is actually what is someone's event all about? That it's going right back to the very start of when you're when you're discussing something with a client and it's like, why are you holding this event? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose of the event? And that to me is the start of that content. It's not how yeah. it's it's shown or, or anything else. It's the start of why are you having this event? What is the purpose? And once you've got that, that you've got clear objectives for your event you then have a clear idea of what your agenda, what the, the content, as in what are people going to be speaking about, yeah. what is going to be given to, to the people who are going there. Then you look at the format mm -hmm. and how it is displayed. So I think content should always have been king because if you get the right format, you get the right, well, first of all, you get the right objectives and the right kind of idea behind your event. Yeah you then come up with the right format, then the rest of the stuff comes in. You can then, you get the right sponsors. Sponsors are easier to attract. Delegates are easy to attract. Then you speak to people to actually then ensure that the way that that content is delivered mm -hmm. is really engaging. Yeah, plus, I mean, if, if, if you take, if you go solely um, virtual, for instance, um, you now have every single person that tuned in you've the data. So you yes. know how long they tuned in for, you know um, at what time they tuned in, you know when they, they made contact with you originally, what their kind of behavior is, and depending on the kind of platform mm -hmm. that you've got, obviously kind of with our, with our platform, we get Cameron Live, we've, um, we've illustrated a number of clients of the things that they can actually do, and that kind of surprises them, because obviously everyone's used to, um, I guess, things like Zoom, where they can just go on, and obviously your yeah. broadband cuts out, and there's an issue here, and someone drops in and out here, there. Um, and, and get the picture quality is not always the best, and 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 that's fine. You say it's sufficient for the time and what people are doing, or what ultimately just have a conversation. But if you want to be professional, mm -hmm. and this is your event, which you've been doing for five, ten years prior, and now you need to get um, people involved, sponsors involved, the revenue stream. The fact that you can then go and say, well, with this virtual platform, we can talk to you, kind of like live. 
the, the speaker can then, when they're not doing their thing, they, they can engage in, in conversation, um, text conversation. And, and, and then you've got all this data at the back of it. So you can then say, well, now everyone that tuned in here is part of this, these graphs that we can make up, the statistics that we can make up. And then at the end of that, you can never do that from a live event. It's, it's, the, it's the one thing that completely trumps live events in the sense that you've, live events, someone can come and go and you sometimes, depending on what event it is, you, you have no idea who they are. Let alone, I mean, obviously, if it's, like, if it's a conference and exhibition, people register and there's things like that yeah. as well. But in, in other events um, where you don't have to do that, someone can come and go and you've no idea about them as a presence. And you don't know what they've done, how they're doing it. And then that, that just can disappears into the ether. So there's Exactly. And I think that the other big thing with the um, hybrid events is, this, as you say, is expanding your audience. Yeah. So it is people who might not have ever thought of coming to your event mm -hmm. um, now because they kind of think well actually I could just give up half an hour of my day or an hour of my day uh, they are more likely they might be from a completely different part of the globe yeah. so from everyone concerned is like either their contribution into the discussion the fact they might be a really key speaker that you mm -hmm. can bring in that perhaps you wouldn't have looked at before but as you say in order to do this you need to have the platforms that are professional. Yeah. That you are not just just relying on somebody being able to work their own mm -hmm. tech, that where they live, where they work, where they're doing this from is going to be sufficient. Yeah. And the other big thing is when people are doing it speaking virtually, they're speaking basically to themselves. They have no idea. They can't see what the audience is doing. Yeah. So it's very difficult and very few people can do that well. Okay, so you'd mentioned the, the, the reticence of some attendees or even exhibitors about the safety aspects of being at an event itself. But what about people and their, I guess, the, the travel to and from events? That, that seems, that can obviously impact things and you've, you've found that when speaking yeah, with attendees. Yeah, certainly when, when I've been speaking to people, I think at the moment, the, the, for a short term, the short term um, look at the moment, people are less concerned about safety at the venues. It's more as to how they get there. Yeah. And because of the use of public transport or having to fly or, you know, again, once you're looking at these more international events, is kind of flying from long distances. Hopefully that's short term, mm -hmm. um, that people will be able to feel safe, whether it's because we have a vaccine or something else is some other sort of mitigating um, things that come in to, to help make us feel safe, um, put, make the whole sort of potential to, to carry on traveling short and long distance. But at the moment, it seems much more the, the concern for people going to, to get to the event. Even corporates concerned about their employees attending an event yeah. is more, how are they going to get there? So that's why there's very much this push on local events. Mm -hmm. So where you will be able to walk there, cycle there, drive yeah. there. Um, and I think that's, that's the sort of immediate events that we will see yeah. in the short term. It's got to be tricky for other events. I mean, obviously, we, uh, we mentioned that the NEC now from the 1st of October will be open. I mean, that's mm -hmm. obviously, they can open then, whether or not they're going to have anything to open for. We'll be, well, we'll find out in time about that one as well. But obviously, when, at that point, obviously, schools will be back full time. There'll be a lot more kind of mm -hmm. jobs and uh, employers kind of thing. Um, going back to work, so driving to an event and parking still going to be still going to be an issue. And events in London must be fairly difficult just by the by the yeah. nature of uh, just the, the populace there. That I guess I can feed into what you're saying there, but they kind of localized events. I think certainly because I mean we've been speaking because we're partnered with the meeting show down in London, and so we have been having conversations yeah. with them. They're still planning for their date um, third week in in October. And they still have interest from hosted buyers coming yeah. internationally. Now, whether they will in October, I have no idea whether people will. They're, they're in a much trickier situation. It's, it's relatively easy yeah. from our point of view with Eventit because our delegates are 
90% of them are Scottish. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of them are Central Belt. So yeah. they, can, they can get there really easily. Um, with ones where you are looking at an international audience and a lot of international exhibitors. Yeah. We've got a few international exhibitors and we have yet to sort of see how they feel, but we can, we yeah. can again have them exhibiting virtually yeah. so that they can then speak to people on a virtual platform totally. of attendees. So that, that's fine. But I think if your whole show is, or your whole conference is dependent on international visitors, it's really quite hard. Oh, it's, and, no, it's now impossible. But as I say, now that's where I think the virtual, the other side of yeah. our show is the Business Events Leaders Summit, which was planned in March to be a working dinner, followed the following morning by a half-day conference. Mm -hmm. So we are still planning with the half-day conference, again, with a small number of people in a massive uh, auditorium <laughs> and uh, the the dinner rather than being sitting around a table yeah. we have changed that to being people in socially distanced picnic groups so that they can still have live discussion and they will then feed in they'll all have screens so that they can feed into um, a central point so the equivalent of feeding back into yeah. the top table but that then opens that up to the opportunity of people having a picnic spot in a completely different part of the world mm -hmm. and being able to be brought into yeah. our event for the discussion because at the moment the discussion was going to be about the challenges and opportunities of the emerging markets uh, now, it's to, <laughs> now it's going to be the challenges and opportunities of our industry. Yeah. So it's a similar, you know, the lineup of speakers is perfect um, from March to now. They're just the, the, the focus will be slightly different. But um, it is that idea of being able to bring in more mm -hmm. people. But it still comes back down to the fact you need professionals behind that tech. Yeah, you do. Definitely. Now... <clears throat> To quote Jeff Goblin from Jurassic Park, they were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think of whether they should. Now, when it comes to holding events so soon after lockdown, if you want to call it that soon, um, so how do you feel about the responsibility of putting on an event like that as well? Because obviously you mentioned earlier that there's, a, there's, there's two different aspects of, of postponing it. One was kind of like you've the safety aspect and the other one is just the kind of business aspect of it as well so those two those two realms still exist here as well so th th this, it's the exact same question I guess there's slightly more emphasis on the safety aspect than than the business aspect not that's very important the business aspect people have to get going again but mm -hmm. the safety aspect because oh, absolutely because yeah. there's there'll be no doubt whatsoever if there's anything negative comes from it from, mm -hmm. from a kind of health and safety perspective <laughs> it's, yes. it's on you it comes back to that Absolutely. And people that held yes. this and I know that's definitely um, definitely what, what a lot of um, clients and event organisers are, are considering they don't want to be the one that holds the event that has the the issue absolutely and I think I've you know I think that there it, it is a really difficult situation to be in and I as you say health the health concerns that the safety of delegates attending event it is key. Uh, the suppliers we are working with, the, the venues and the mm. other suppliers, it's key to them as well. So everything that we are doing. So while we are saying we're confident about hopefully being able to go yeah. ahead and that we have everything in place, we wouldn't think twice about cancelling it again. Yeah. If there was any sort of health issue roundabout, we wouldn't think twice about it. So if you were going to postpone it again, so if you found out tomorrow it had to be postponed, when would you put it? Don't know, because yeah. again, I think because we're looking at the fact of feeling comfortable about it going ahead yeah. in its current, in the format we've changed it to, mm -hmm. um, because we could also sort of change the numbers and make even the numbers of each group smaller yeah. if necessary. Um, we feel confident about that. So if we had to postpone again, that would be based on where we were at that point. Yeah. You know, if the whole of the UK had gone into another lockdown, God forbid, that, you know, we might be looking at, well, we'll just kind of just forget it for this year and, and go on for, for next year. Uh, but I think it's, 
looking at this whole idea of if you are going to bring the economy back mm. and from the point of view of safety, I certainly feel that business events are far safer than perhaps some of the things that are opening before us. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Candace, I'm not... I'm not dissing the fact that any of them have opened or yeah. that they are open or anything like that. But I think that whole sort of idea of we have always taken contact details for people. Yeah, people have to register for our events. We always know who's there. Yeah. We have electronic signing into an event so we know who's yeah. on site at any one time in because they have registered. Um, and they have actually come in on the day. It, it's all data that we have captured. There's a whole lot less alcohol being consumed at the there kind of is, events that, yes. that, we're, that we're pretty much talking about, but the corporate events in particular anyway. Exactly. Um, depending on what kind of corporate event you're going to, but, but yeah, you can't put people in a, and they're not, in a pub and expect no. social distancing, and, but then you can't put people into, for instance, the ICC. And they are, the fact is you, you're, you're meeting business colleagues. You yeah. don't tend to be that close to your business colleagues. Mm -hmm. So there is a kind of natural social distance long before we had social distancing. Yeah. Um, yes, we were shaking hands, which we won't do anymore. You might have hugged people, but you won't be doing that mm -hmm. anymore. But you're, you're not, you haven't, it's not friends and family you're meeting. Mm -hmm. And as you say, there's not lots of alcohol being drunk. There is a professional element to all of them. So therefore, you, it, long before lockdown, mm -hmm. we had, it was a different environment to yeah. being in the pub. Of course it was, and so it should be. It's, it's a different, and, and that's why it is so important. And that's why I also feel that a lot of people are, it's easier to be compliant yeah. to anything that is happening because these are, are business people in a business environment who are there with their business face on. You know? <laughs> yeah. They're minding their P's and Q's anyway. So it, they're not going to kind of let their guard slip. Um, Plus we're in Britain as well, social distancing is kind of... Exactly, it's far more, far more the thing that, that we, yeah. we do. So absolutely, we would hate to be um, the event where something happened on the back of it. Yeah. But th as we keep hearing, there are going to be spikes going forward. This hasn't gone away. Mm -hmm. So either we wait until we're guaranteed that there is no COVID in the world before we start opening up business events, yeah. or we go on the basis that we are with the rest of the economy. Um, and I genuinely feel that business events properly managed um, are as safe or safer mm -hmm. than quite a lot of other parts of the economy. Yeah. Since lockdown, obviously, there's been various kind of um, government support packages. From the furlough scheme, they've had the arts and cultural um, institutions, um, heritage institutions and sites uh, have received 1.65 billion UK wide, uh, UK wide um, in Scotland that's going to trickle down to about kind of 98 million. Um, so effectively that's venues um, primarily. Um, event organisers and planners have received or will receive 10 million. What does that do? What, 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 I mean, those are three different things, obviously. Yes. I mean, if, if you're a venue, you'll probably be slightly happier, depending on the venue you are, than if you are a event organiser and planner. Because uh, £10 million pounds for, for that bracket within this industry, well, how, how far does that stretch? It's, very, it's a very tricky one. And you know, we've had many discussions and I would hate to be in government at the moment mm. and making any of these decisions. Um, I think one thing that has come out through what's happened is the fact that first of all, most governments, and this is globally, not, not yeah. even just the UK, had no real concept of the importance of business events to their, in, individual economies. I also think they had no concept of the size of the supply chain and how oh, that completely. kind of goes down. And I think still they don't. Yeah. And I to categorise that as we've... We are a really problem. complex group 
and there are people who are in, you know, you have a bad enough by sort of saying you've got the business events and you've got tourism. You know, a hotel just in itself has two very different identities. Mm -hmm. Business events are very, very different from tourism. And the business tourist has been seen to spend far more per head than your average tourist. Yeah. So that's just a, the most simplistic way of, of looking at yeah. it. But the actual then supply chain, who feeds into a small event of 20 people, let alone your huge, great big festivals or your big yeah. um, association events on the back of which you have the transport people, you have the social programs where you could have all sorts of entertainers, you could have all sorts of different venues, you could yeah. have you know, the, the, the partner programs, it, and so it goes on. Yeah. And so to actually even think, I wouldn't be able to tell you, I haven't a clue who in Scotland, how many suppliers there are to the events industry. So when you're looking at that 10 million, I have no idea who that's supposed to go around. Not a clue. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether that means a kind of we'll all get a pound each. <laughs> or, or two quid each, and it's five million. Or whether we're all it's going to help us. I, I, I'm not quite sure. And um, as I say, I think it's it's something that's going to become. It, it certainly highlighted our industry mm -hmm. uh, because it. I think any other recession that has happened and any other thing that has had an impact in our industry has had a sort of slow creep of mm -hmm. negativity before it kind of yeah. went down and then kind of perhaps came up the other side. This is the first time that you've seen it just fall off, yeah. a literally fall off a cliff. As you said earlier on, it's like people were en route to a show People were halfway through building an exhibition when they had to take it all back down mm -hmm. again. People, things, it wasn't just, well, well, this is perhaps the last one we'll have for a while. It was like, it just stopped. Yeah. And, and so it, it, the impact was immediate. Mm -hmm. Some others, some other for, for our um, industry, it's taken from other recessions, it's taken time before people have seen that impact yeah. because people sort of trundled along for a little while. Um, I think, you know, come October and the end of the furlough scheme, we're going to see a lot more of the impact of it. Yeah. Um, is that enough money? Is there ever enough money? What is the right amount of money? I don't, I just don't know. And as I say, I'd hate to be the one uh, trying yeah, to work I it out. I, I could think of a few jobs that enjoy less just now than being in government <laughs> trying to make decisions less. Absolutely. There is, there, is, there is no win. There is no win whatsoever. I mean, you can be as generous as you want and everything. That's great. Another side of it, you're paying for it. I mean, this, is, this isn't... I mean, it's, it's not free money. No. And I mean, there it's, is it's, a, it's, yeah. it, it has to come, but it's getting paid for mm -hmm. eventually down the line, obviously, that, um, um, the, and I think in the a sad controlled thing, manner, but still... The sad thing from, from this um, pandemic is... I think in, in previous recessions, there have been some companies that were kind of teetering and yeah. just holding on by the skin of their teeth. Um, and, you know, ultimately they hit bad times, and mm. they, but they were all on their way out anyway. Um, well, the other I, side was visible. I guess. Yeah, uh, and and the, but they, and, and but they weren't doing well. Yeah. They weren't doing well. Yeah. They were just holding on by, and they'd just been kind of, you know, fumbling along for quite some time. And, you know, it's a bit like so the dead wood in companies and things yeah, like yeah. that. That was a kind of almost a necessity, well, not a necessity, but it, it, it did kind of, you know, um, get rid of some dead wood in these. This yeah. has been very different because there's been some really, really successful companies that have just yeah, almost finished. The airlines. Yeah, finished. And it, that had nothing to do with bad management. It had nothing to do with, mm -hmm. you know, not having lots of business on their books. It had, you know, it was nothing that you can, you can point a finger at at all, other than you just feel, my goodness, I'm, I can only feel very, very grateful that at the moment, we're one of the ones that are yeah. <laughs> still around. Yeah, for now, for now. And by, you know, 
by, I'd say by luck yeah. amongst anything else because I really do think there's been so many people, it's been just horrendous. Yeah. No, from your perspective then, it's, there's got to be some positives and opportunities to come from this. Now, obviously some people will be set better if you had shares in Zoom, for instance. That was probably <laughs> quite a nice thing before this. Um, yes. However, Actually, you, you didn't and you don't now. Um, so, so what are the positives? There's got, there's got to be something out of this that yeah. you can... I mean, so you're an optimistic person. What, what, what is the positives and what is the opportunities from, from the events? I think, I think going forward um, from an events point of view, um, the working together as an industry... I think the pulling together, I do hope, yeah. I, it's what we've certainly seen, that the competitors are coming together, pulling together. It's like, how are we going to get through this? Mm -hmm. How are we going to come out? This is no time for competition. This is time for dialogue. This yeah. is time for us to all work out how we all help each other to move forward. Yeah. And that can only be a good thing, to, to work yeah, together. No, I I um, and I think it's... I have to say, I think in Scotland, we've always been much better at that than perhaps some other countries, mm -hmm. um, that we've been less aggressive towards our competitors and we've kind of like, oh, maybe we can work together on this. Um, so I think that will come to the fore even more. I think the sustainability, as we've said before, I think that is something that people will look at um, a lot more. And I think the sustainability as well, not just on on waste, but but the well-being, yeah. people's well-being. Um, we've been propelled off the hamster wheel and we've quite liked not having to be 24-7. I think we were getting silly. <laughs> that expectation that we all had, we were all chasing, everything could happen yesterday yeah. and everyone expected it to happen yesterday and we were burning ourselves out. I think... The removal of deadlines is one thing that you can that you can notice. I mean, there's this lesson, there's still responsibilities out there, there's still things that make you uh, wake up in the middle of the night and, and think about. But it, it is that kind of, you wake up in the morning and there's you're not rushing at the door, getting the kids ready, getting to work, getting there's an organising you in a meeting, talking about this thing, getting an email out to that person, your phone's buzzing and going off as you're doing it. There's a, there's a kind of definitely a kind of a, some of that's bound to a come long back. slow exhale is kind of yeah. it has to bounce back because it has, to, have to, it has yeah. to come back because the deadlines the events industry is based on deadlines. It's, that, that, so, that's, a, that's a welcome break from from that perspective. I, yes. I, I don't want to. I, I definitely want deadlines to come back. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all in the, the same thing. We haven't wants deadlines to come back, um, but I think you're, you're right. It's given them a bit more perspective to kind of go, well, yes. wow, that was that was nuts. It, it, listen, it'll return nuts at some point in some different avenue. In, in, but I think, as we've said, with regards to, you know, coming back to this sort of hybrid yeah. events, um, we're not going to be chasing around the globe to the same degree. You're not suddenly, there's going to be less, um, people will, I mean, the likes of yourselves will be, because you'll be doing events overseas. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that, but it's that fact that you're trying to fit in that event with having gone down to a meeting down in London, followed by going to a meeting, you know, up in Aberdeen, followed by going to, mm -hmm. to, you know, wherever. There will be certain amount of, right, I can do those by Zoom, so I can do all of those in one day. <laughs> yeah. Or any other platform. <laughs> they can do them and they, they, they can all be done in one day in my office in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. So... Therefore, your running around is not going to be as much. You're still going to have deadlines. You're still going to have events are going to take place at a certain time. As I say, I don't think events are going to get any easier because if you're trying to pull the face-to-face the -face with the, the virtual, there's much more complexity in mm -hmm. that. So the deadlines and the complexity of the events are, are going to kind of uh, you know, come back, which is great. But your own day is going to change because you're not going to be racing around quite as much. I just think people mm -hmm. will put far more emphasis on a life-work balance. And whether that means people, you know, there's obviously a discussion now, is everyone going to go back to the office? There are people who are desperate to get back into an office environment. Mm -hmm. There are people who are desperate to stay working from home. 
and there are people in between. And I think that the majority, there will be quite a lot of that in between, yeah. so that perhaps people are working three days a week in the office, yeah. whatever that might, might be. Um, so that in itself, if people are not commuting as much, there's all these things that I really think will help. It's, it's also shone a light a bit on, on the well-being and mental health issues and mm -hmm. things like that, Huge. and this whole idea of people who perhaps, as I was mentioning earlier, they prefer to be in a space on their own to work, to, to you know, work, play, whatever, live. You know, that is, that is where they feel safe and happy. And so I think we've, it's opened our minds to the yeah. fact that everyone is quite different. You've seen a really different way as to how people have reacted mm -hmm. to, to the, the whole pandemic. People in our own friends who have perhaps been, you've been surprised as to yeah. who's reacted one way or the other. It's not necessarily gone as how you thought they might be. Mm -hmm. um, so I think hopefully it brings a bit more understanding. And I really hope it does, because I'm concerned that we don't go back to that if people feel it's safe to travel and it's safe yeah. to open up all offices, safe to do this and that. Oh, what do you mean you don't want to come? I, yeah. You know, because this will affect people for a very long time and i think that whole kind of uh concern for other human beings and mm -hmm. how they feel i yeah. hope we get a lot more of that coming no, I, out of it i i can I completely agree in that respect i think the definitely from our perspective uh, as, as an employer that looking at people's output output as opposed to our spent because mm -hmm. again five years ago if someone said i'll work from home this week you'd be like yeah, all right. <laughs> so you you you'd consider what they're doing. Obviously, you, yes. you, you can trust that person to do that. Um, but it, the mindset is slightly shifted, and as long as that person, their output is what they're looking for, you get the targets you're being asked to hit, and that's fine. That's fine. How long did you spend doing it? Six doesn't hours. Matter. Cool. Doesn't, it doesn't does, matter. It doesn't matter as long as it doesn't matter job. if you did it at eleven o'clock at no. night or six o'clock in no. the morning. No, and or if that if that works for people, then I think that's really important. Yeah. I think it's also had that other effect of some people who felt that working from home was a cushy number. Yeah. I think it's it's also highlighted to a lot of people that it's not that you have to be a lot more disciplined, you have to be mm -hmm. a lot more organised, you are doing it on your own. And as we say, it works for some. So in the same way that I don't think people should be um, compelled to, to stay working from home, mm -hmm. I think people, neither should it stop people now from being able to work from home. Yeah. Because as employers, we, we know and have a good idea of who those people are and you can monitor it pretty easily. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are much harder to do virtually, particularly if you're bringing on new people. I think it's quite hard for, for them to, to learn and become part of that team purely from a virtual space. I'm not saying it's not possible, but certainly from oh, how we see it, a lot is learnt by, by being in that space yeah. and, and oh, seeing and hearing other people who've yeah, been you can't in the completely. business yeah. for a long time. The, the, the balance of those two things, I think, is, is yeah. real. And obviously, a lot of what we do is kind of labour intensive and people have to physically be yes, in the space. Yes, absolutely. There, there, there's no getting around yeah, that. Yeah, we can't, we can't run events without the being there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, there's, there's always that. Um, so, no, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that kind of mindfulness um, aspect and kind of people's mental health is it's, it's, uh, it definitely brought that to the fore. I think that's a really, really, really good thing, especially in the work environment. Uh, I think working from home really makes you feel that you want to come and see people. Yes. After a while, you, you, you kind of miss dialogue and you miss other people's dialogue who you don't or ordinarily kind of converse with. So it's just, it's nice having that kind of, that kind of mix and blend in your life. Yeah, and I think people's priorities have, you know, it, it's not all, but some yeah. people's priorities will have changed completely some will have just kind of realigned a little bit yeah. and it might be you know when we were purely in lockdown the first thing you're just like i just want to see somebody in person i want to see yeah. friends and family in person um not bothered about being able to go out or do mm -hmm. you know all the various things that were, were really key to your life um four months ago suddenly became immaterial and the really key things were seeing friends and family yeah, and then that's face. obviously progressed yeah. you then want to do you know being able to meet colleagues and being able to to meet yeah, work yeah. um friends and and it's all these things have 
you know, you, you've realised what is important mm. and what's less important. Yeah. So, Indeed. hopefully. Well, Ruth, I think that's a very nice note to leave it on. So, Absolutely. thanks for your time. Appreciate you coming along. That's great. Pleasure. And uh, that's everything. Thank you very much. Yeah.